to episode 530 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you are forgetting that you have to continue saying a sentence <laughs> like I just did, or if your brain is unaffected by the winter doldrums, we are here for you. Oh, my brain is a fried egg right now. <laughs> Fried egg. I am so few degrees from not functioning at all. (laughs) I am one. I am one to two percentage points away at best. (laughs) Well, look, it is the first official day of spring when we're recording this. Is it? Uh, Good question, because it's expected to snow here in uh, Minnesota on Wednesday again. I... I might have to leave. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I might have to leave the state of Minnesota. A few episodes, we were like, this is the eighth snowiest winter dawn record. And now we're creeping up, I yes. think, closer and closer towards fifth of all time. Um, of all time. Of all time. Of all time, everybody. Yep. This is some real Laura Ingalls Wilder, the big winter vibes. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yes. You remember that? Your future <laughs> husband's toes are going to get frostbite. <laughs> Why do I remember that detail oh, from wow. a book that I have not read in 20 plus years? Incredible. No, my brain could be doing a lot of better stuff with that space, but it's not. This is your brain in spring. This is your brain on a Minnesota winter. Oh boy. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's episode, we are going to beat those winter doldrums by talking about Lord of the Rings. Yes. Oh. We're so excited for this set just because, do you know what? What? It is just fun to look at pictures of a set of like a story that you know. Yes, it but is. But haven't seen like this kind of media for before. This set has is looking so, so fun and yes. such a wonderful tribute to a story that so many of us love that I'm just super stoked to see everything that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a first look at the set of uh, spoilers officially begin on the 30th of this month, but we've seen a fair number of cards already. Yes. So we're going to go through some of the new and exciting stuff uh, that we've already seen, make some predictions on what might come out and just have a good time generally. Yeah, you know it's what pretty I mean? exciting. Megan's also got a story time from Brothers yes. War. The final chapter. Ooh, the final chapter of the Brothers War story. That is true. And we're going to be talking to you about Shadows Over Innistrad remastered draft. Yes. Which is coming to Arena just because it's been a really long time. It has. Since Shadows Over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon, aka Spooky Moon, Spooky Moon. were out. But they were, it was a really fun pair of sets. It was. So we want to help you. Yeah. We want to talk to you all about what are the different cards to be on the lookout for, like different important commons or uncommons, different draft archetypes, or even just what are the mechanics that you can expect in this? Yeah. So if you need a refresher, and I know I do, on how to draft with that coming to Arena, uh, we're going to help you out there. So uh, don't worry. We've got you, fam. We've got you. Uh, But before we dive into all of that fun stuff, uh, we're going to say thank you to everybody who supports us. Patreon.com slash GLHF Magic. That's right. Thank you so much to each and every one of you who is a patron of our show. We do not, however, have any new patrons to thank this week. Sad trombone. I know. Uh, Remember, it is only you that can keep us from the sad trombone sound Uh, uh, by either becoming a new patron or by upping your pledge by any dollar amount. And do you know what? What? It's March, and it there is so much snow on the ground that I was looking at it on my drive here today being like, I can't picture all of the snow yeah, being gone. I've had the same That's thought. how much of it there is. There's so, so much. So consider making a snow snow donation. Snow, snow nation, nation, if you will. Which is where we live. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Le- consider just making a, a snow nation for us. <laughs> You know, I, what was I going to say? Oh, you have the ability to do two things in your life. One is prevent forest fires. The second (laughs) is becoming a patron on Good Luck High Five and preventing the sad trombones out. If there is a burn ban in the county where you are visiting or live, don't set a fire. (laughs) Okay? And consider becoming a patron of Good Luck High Five. Save us from the snow, everybody. With your donation, we'd love to have you. you can melt the snow with your dollars towards good luck high five. The snow encompassing our cold dead hearts. Yes. Uh, Become a member of our Discord. It's so fun in there. Uh, It's not winter in our Discord, that's for sure. So help us out, fam. Please. For every new patron. (laughs) Uh Oh, oh, here comes a pledge. No, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Don't get excited. For every new patron this next week, Uh I will personally bring a bucket of snow inside my apartment and put it in my sink to melt. I will personally melt one bucket of snow for each new patron in the next week okay everybody <laughs> let's make very, her do it <laughs> very unique and one-time only offer i will literally video it and put it in our discord so you can watch it I'll i do would a love i would love to see it i would love to see it my kitchen sink. it's very cathartic so you know think about it all right <laughs> patreon.com slash glhf magic please make megan melt snow in her sink i want to see it happen uh thank you as well to our sponsor card kingdom card kingdom.com slash glhf is the place to go to get anything you need in magic somebody very recently did a very nice tweet to us where they were like hey thank you so much for uh, telling me about card kingdom i had Mm -hmm. no idea about them before you told me they had super fast shipping their customer service is great which is what we always say yeah but it's nice to see people be like yeah you were right it is it is in fact not just a thing we say to say it's a thing we say because it's the truth it's a fact yes you can sell your cards there if you uh, want to buy some new cards. You can get a great uh, trade-in deal from them if you want store credit. Uh, you can buy accoutrement like deck boxes and sleeves. You can pre-order uh, a new sets. You can buy Phyrexia All Will Be One stuff right now. Whatever yeah. you want, Card Kingdom has it all. And there is no snow on the Card Kingdom website. That's right. Just saying. So there are snow lands though. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, yeah, you're right. You can Ooh. just avoid those. <laughs> you can avoid them. Unlike us. asked you which magic card you would most like to ride like a horse what would you say and why Ooh, you know what this is so challenging it's a because tough question one it might be like can i pick like the crested sun mare from the lisa frank oh that would be a great <laughs> because i want to ride i want to ride that lisa crested sun mare frank like horse. it is it is a horse but it's just a lisa frank horse <laughs> That's what I want. Great answer. That's like my dream. Great answer. I asked this question to users on Twitter as well, and I gave them four options because that is the limit on Twitter and Twitter polls. Uh, one was Nicol Bolas. If you, you know, get on a yeah. big flying dra- dragon, you have his head egg for lunch if you're hungry. Uh, Fibblethip, uh, parentheses, you become small Yeah, because <laughs> you can't write him as a normal human. You no, crush. And also it would be terrifying if instead you made Fibblethip big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crater Hoof Behemoth. Yeah. That sounds like fun. And the Gitrog Monster. A giant frog. <laughs> Very cute. Uh, the winner was Crater Hoof Behemoth with 35.8% of the vote. It was much closer than I thought it was going to be. Very close. Yeah. Gitrog Monster number two at 34.9%. Nicol Bolas was 24, 21.4%. And Fibblethib, almost nobody, at 8%. Yeah. So that's, I asked this question because I was thinking about Lord of the Rings and I was like, when they, they could have just ridden the eagles all the yeah, way there. all the way to Mordor. 
as we all know. And I was like, oh, what magic card would you ride if you could? Let me know if you have a different answer. Some people have responded with Yorion. Great choice. Yes. Um, at GLH of Magic. Really good choice. Great choice, Yorion. Um, yep. Somebody suggested Goldmane Griffin, which is a beautiful uh, bird. I suppose Griffin's not a bird, but you know what I mean. Uh, I think that's a great choice. Shivan Dragon was yeah. uh, something somebody offered. But I just wanted to get in the headspace of thinking about riding those giant beasts into Mortar here to talk about Lord of the Rings. Um, so we've seen a fair number of cards from the set, despite uh, previews officially beginning on the 30th of this month. Um, the one that I think has have most people talking yeah. is the One Ring. Yes. So this card... Is there is going to be a one of one printing? Yes, it will be the one, aka and only ring. The one ring. The one ring. Uh, so this card, which we did talk about last week, is a legendary artifact, indestructible. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you gain protection from everything until your next turn. Very powerful. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life for each burden counter on the one ring. Hmm. And tap, put a burden counter on the one ring, then draw a card for each burden counter on it. Yeah, so a few things come to mind here. A few people have been like, indestructible? What? It should. It's not indestructible. You throw it into Mount Doom. Okay, but listen, <laughs> it is a lot of work. <laughs> to destruct. To destruct. You don't want to have someone just like cast like a crushing canopy on this one ring. Yeah, that's, that that's a flavor fail. Correct. Flavor fail. That would be wrong. I agree. I think it's fine that it's indestructible. Yes. So yeah, there is the one of one version of this, but there's also the normal version. Exactly. Uh, that you can play normally. Um, I asked on Twitter, how many burden counters are you putting on the one ring? And a lot of people have discovered pretty cool like combos and stuff you can do yeah. with this, getting away from the burden of the one ring, which I mean, Frodo, take some notes, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I mean, there is a, for instance, Shieldred that exists right now. Mm. This is every time you draw a card, you gain two life. So. All right. So that's not, what? that's pretty good. Shieldred literally does not care. <laughs> How many burden counters? You're just like, yeah, draw all those cards. Yeah, that sounds like a sweet uh, combination. A pretty good one, yeah. Um, but the one of one situation is pretty Wild. epic. Never in the history of magic has there been a one. A one of, of one. one. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be printed full art mm -hmm. in black speech, the speech of Sauron. Um, it looks really cool. And it yeah. has on it one of one in the left corner. Yeah. It's only going to be able to be found in a collector booster, which means it can also show up in a gift bundle because those are in there. Yeah. This art is just gorgeous. Like, it's it amazing. Is. It is. It's really, really pretty. Um, yeah. Can you imagine opening it can you imagine opening it like that's this is literally a potentially life-changing open for it someone it is a life-changing open the amount Full of stop. money that you're gonna be able to to sell this for full stop life-changing you don't have to work anymore when you open this card <laughs> well you have to work to take it to mordor yeah sure. it's gonna become your full-time job <laughs> like i think people have been on twitter being like how much is this gonna go for it'll yeah. be no never before seen levels of money we reported on the upkeep this week that a Black Lotus mm -hmm. 10 gem mint with Christopher Rush's signature on the case sold for what was it? More than half? $540,000. $540,000. $540,000. And I said, I think the one ring will be the first million dollar card. Wow. That's bold. Well, okay. Who's going to buy it is the other question. That is the other question. Post Malone. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's the answer. <laughs> I don't know. Because right... <laughs> I think, I mean, unfortunately, some of the answer is like, there are people who treat this as an investment, right? Like yeah. investors who essentially put their money into this stuff instead. Um, also, you could just choose to keep it. 
You could. You could just choose to walk it to a volcano and throw it inside. <laughs> Somebody was like, is it worth it to start a YouTube channel that shows you destroying this? Will you get more money from that potentially than you would from, from selling it? I don't think so. That person doesn't know how YouTube ad revenue works. <laughs> That's not true. That's what that tells me. Uh, <laughs> but... I mean, I really do think it'll easily yeah. be the most expensive magic card. There's only one. And I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll, give you a, open? Maybe I'll give you a hot it. take. I'll give you a hot take. I think uh, 300,000. It's going to be I feel less like than a, a Black Lotus? I think it's less than a Black Lotus. No way. <laughs> I don't know. I just want, I'm just worried. I'm like, will we not find out when it's opened? Like, will somebody will who someone opens keep it, it secret? That would be amazing. Or they don't know. What if someone opens this card and doesn't realize? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Wow. That could happen because somebody just is like at Target, they buy a collector boosty and they're like, oh, fun, you know? That would be incredible. Do you know what? That's what. And do you know what, Maria? That would parallel yes, the story yes, of the would. one ring. It, it okay? really would. That person would just be Lil Smeagol, like finding the ring, yeah. hanging out with their friend. They would then Looking commit a murder kind of, normal. of their friend <laughs> yeah. and go into hiding and they don't even know why. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Okay. And that's what's going to happen. This is like Willy Wonka's golden ticket on steroids. Yeah. Um, I think a musical will soon be written about this. <laughs> a children's book series. <laughs> what? Uh, All right. Willy Wonka does commit murder, though. <laughs> Augustus Gloop is killed. All those kids are dead. <laughs> they all are. So similar to the story from Lord of the Rings. I'm just yeah. saying, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's a big story from this set already. Yeah. It is It is a very cool concept also. Just I am Just here to go for it. it and be like, do you know what? There should be only one copy, like a one of special copies. I think it's call. very cool. I'm here for this. Yeah. Um, what else uh, piqued your interest here? Um, I love the reprinting of the Great Henge as the party tree. <laughs> That's very it's cute. so cute. Very cute. Uh, it's, so the Great Henge is an artifact that was originally in Throne of Eldraine. It's seven green green for a legendary artifact. Uh, it costs X less to cast, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Um, you can tap to add green green and gain two. Life. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on it and draw a card. Very powerful, but also like I just love the art. The art is really pretty. This is Commander, um, by the way. Yes, this is from the Commander set. From the Commander set, but yeah, uh, that is beautiful. Yeah, it's really cool. I like it. Um, we got to see Frodo actually. Yeah, Frodo Sauron's bane. Um, so Frodo is hybrid. Well, he costs one white mana for a one, two halfling citizen, hybrid, black, white, hybrid, black, white. If it is a citizen, it becomes a halfling scout with base power and toughness, two, three and lifelink. So All it right. gets a little better. Makes it's sense. a le- little you know, lever- leveler. He getting tougher. And then a three black mana. If it's a scout, it becomes a halfling rogue with whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. If the ring has tempted you four or more times this game, otherwise the ring tempts you. Oh, what do you think the ring tempting you means um your your opponent's gonna lose the game soon well i mean like <laughs> there's a couple cards where there's it says a couple that. cards that mention that yeah. yeah so that's also on golem uh patient plotter oh yeah so we have a golem card Cute. one in a black for a three one halfling horror uh when it leaves the battlefield the ring tempts you mm. black sacrifice a creature return golem from your graveyard to your hand activate only as a sorcery see i think that this pairs with, right? It's like it pairs with Frodo to help you win the game. 
Oh, right. Because yeah, you, you can, can have you whenever have it. it leaves the battlefield, the ring tempts you. So you can like it leaves the battlefield, the ring tempts you. You can sacrifice a creature, put this back into your hand, cast again, have it leave the battlefield. Right. Like it's helping yeah. Frodo do his job. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. But what do you think ring tempting you means? Does it is it only just a counter situation? So you just keep track of how many times you've been tempted and there's no other effects from it? Yeah, I think like, you know, like we've seen, it'll be. Um, on specific, yeah, it'll just be a specific card referencing it. What if it is a thing that happens to you and you never know the consequences of it happening to you until later? What if the ring tempting you? No, it'd be too good. I was like, you, you like lose three life and draw a card or something. Wow. That's a lot of life. But I think, but you know, yeah. you get to draw a card. But drawing a card is nice. Um, we know. also see it on Samwise the Stouthearted. This is one in a white for a halfling peasant with flash. It's a 2-1 when it enters the battlefield. Choose up to one target permanent card in your graveyard that was put there from the battlefield this turn. Return it to your hand. Then the ring tempts you. Uh, I love that also, you know, he doesn't ever get tempted more than once. Yeah, so yeah, you're probably right. It's probably just the thing you keep track of, how many times you've been tempted. But I wish it was something that was painful but also beneficial. Oh, I mean, it might end up being, you um, know. This set, by the way, we've mentioned it before, but just a reminder, it is fully draftable. Okay, number yeah. one. Number two, this set is modern legal. Uh, so uh, people have been, you know, starting to have rumblings about, oh, what decks could we put these cards in in modern? Also rumblings of this set is not powerful enough, which is very funny to me because people were, I'm sure, going to be like, in the past, we're like, oh, it's going to be way too powerful. Everything's yeah. going to bust modern. No, not the case so far. Exactly. Like, I think that it makes sense for me for them to have focused more on draftability of the set and like it having a fun interior to itself environment. Yes. As opposed to it having a lasting impact on a an extended magic format. Yeah, I agree. That, you know, like that's, not, a little that's weird. not what this is about. This is about... Having your fun times to cross over Lord of the Rings yes. and Magic the Gathering. We also have the Shire, which I want to bring up because, <laughs> of course, um, it is a land. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped unless it's you legendary. control a legendary creature. Yes, a legendary land. Um, you can tap it to add green or it has one in a green tap. Tap an untapped creature you control. Create a food token. Yes. It, you yes. must. So you must. before we had seen anything in the set on the upkeep, we were like, this set needs to have food tokens, number one. Yes. Number two, it needs to have a card called Second Breakfast that it, creates it two food tokens. It has to, right? That's, that is a requirement. It has to. That is, I don't, if it, that doesn't happen, I will be flabbergasted. It must. I will be radagasted <laughs> if that does not exist in this set. I am radagasted. <laughs> Speaking of Radagast, Radagast is in the set. Yeah. In the commander set, I should say. Uh, two blue-green for three, five. Avatar wizard, ward one. Beasts and birds have ward one. Whenever you cast a spell with mana value five or greater, you get to make a beast or you get to make a bird. Pretty nice. I think it's a great I love card. making a beast. I love making a bird. You can make a cute little animal deck with Radagast yeah, as we, the commander. We also know that we'll see um, Sam and Frodo in a commander deck. Yes. Um, we've only seen Sam... Uh, of the pair in that one. It's one green white in this case for a two, four halfling peasant partner with Frodo adventurous Hobbit. Okay. We haven't seen that card yet. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a food token. Beautiful. Activated abilities of foods you control cost one less to activate. Perfect. So cute. 
really, really good. Yeah. We were talking about how this set is modern legal. And this is a card I think is um, very good. I just want to call it, which is Reprieve. Oh, yeah. Which is one in a white for an instant. Return target spell to its owner's hand. Draw a card. Which nice. could be a really good card to include if you're worried about control decks like sweeping the board. It buys you an additional turn. It draws you a card. And maybe you attack for a lethal. Yeah. So I just think that I might mean, be a player. I mean, I times that... You know, con- that decks have yeah. a way to get around control yeah. decks. <laughs> but I understand that some people might be happy about this. There's also, you mentioned the Shire. There's also Mount Doom, which is another oh. legendary land. Yes. You can pay a life to add red or black. Uh, it's red, black. Okay. I, I I felt like that was just implied, but I have yeah. to tell you. Uh, one red, black tap. It deals one damage to each opponent. Nice. I really like that ability. Yeah. And five black, red tap. Sacrifice Mount Doom and a legendary artifact. Choose up to two creatures, then destroy the rest. Activate as a sorcery. Wow. It's pretty Spicy. powerful. That's a powerful land. Yeah. In modern. Just saying. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm just overall... I'm really excited to continue seeing these cards. You know, they look cool. I love that they're doing a thing. In addition, there's so many like cool treatments and like different things yes. that they're doing. Uh, they're going to have a bunch of versions of Soul Ring. Um, there's going to be the most limited number of the Elvish version yeah, of really Soul pretty, Ring. Yeah. It's really pretty. But then there's the also the dwarven version of soul ring and the human version um which i just like i love that they made all of the different kinds of ring obviously and also they matched them to how many of those rings actually existed out in the world yes that's because yeah the elvish one is the most rare the humans is the most common yep beautiful just just really very very cool i love all of the tableau arts Yes. Right? There's like a tableau art version of Frodo, Sam, Gollum, and the one ring that the four of them go together to make the art of when Frodo and Gollum throw the ring into Mount Doom. Or the ring gets thrown in. Yeah. You know, we won't, it, have to, we won't say anyone thrown. actively puts it into Mount Doom. Um, but, you know, it gets thrown into Mount Doom. There's. They say there's going to be seven of like these panorama scenes that you can create by lining up cards next to each other, mm-hmm. including one that's 18 cards big. Yes. Which is just glorious. Really, really cool. And, of course, the basic lands uh, in this set are from the map. Um, of Middle Earth that is so famous and I think that is really really beautiful yeah hashtag square Mordor problem (laughs) we talked about the upkeep Mordor is a square and this is such an elaborate map it's just you're telling me that Sauron made a square Mordor just made a square he kind of had to cut corners somewhere (laughs) except he didn't it's a square square. (laughs) Um, beautiful stuff yeah there's so many cool alternate arts It just looks great. It looks like such a fun celebration of Lord of the Rings. It really does. Which is what you want. Yeah, it Uh, is. Yeah. For the people who are asking, will we have story time with Megan to cover this magic set? Yes. The answer is yes. We will have four story times with Megan. One each for The Hobbit, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, and Return of the King. Great. You know? And uh, I mean, we did say you're going to do them in five minutes or less. Yes, I did say I will do each book in five minutes or less. So that's a true challenge. I think I can do it. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, but we'll also, I might not know how little five minutes is. <laughs> so we'll see. Okay, everybody.
everybody, we're going to get you ready, ready for Shadows over Innistrad Remastered on Arena. Yes, uh, this was a really fun set when it came out. So Shadows over Innistrad was the first set, and this is back when there were blocks. Yes. So we had Shadows over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon, a.k.a. Spooky Moon. Yeah. The biggest story of Shadows over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon was spooky things more spooky than normal were starting to happen on Innistrad, right? Yes, like, it was horror-themed. Yes, um, things are, like, sprouting tentacles, uh, creatures, Angels you know, were bad. Yes, Avacyn and, all, and a bunch of other angels turned evil. Um, there were a bunch of, like, weird cultists out at the coastline, and it turned out that it all culminated with Emrakul herself arriving on Innistrad, lured there by Nahiri, who had a real big battle with Sorin. Um, hashtag Nahiri was right. <laughs> um, who had a big battle with Sorin and encased him in some rock. Yes. Uh, at Markov Manor. And then Emrakul was there and was, you know, turning everything into sloopy-armed Eldrazis. Yeah. And making all the angels evil on Innistrad until Tamio and some other planeswalkers locked Emrakul in, in the, the moon. moon. How did the story resolve? Emrakul is in the moon. Emrakul is in moon jail. Yes. Moon jail. Truly a, a pretty fine jail when it all yeah. comes down to it because you have endless cheese. Yeah. Wait. Innistrad's moon is made of silver. So Emrakul is filthy rich. <laughs> But also locked in the moon. Locked in the so moon. It all and balances still out. locked in the moon. And isn't that just an apt metaphor for being a billionaire? <laughs> locked in a moon of your own creation. Exactly. Nope, I'm lying. Billionaires are bad people and they shouldn't have that much money. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So that's the story of what was going on. Um, yes. There was a lot of clue tokens running around. Yeah, this is the first time that we saw clues, which you might these days be most familiar with um, from that original printing like tireless tracker. Tireless tracker. One of the most iconic clue cards that has yet been printed, I think. Yeah. What about the investigator? Oh, yes. What was it called? Um, White one mana investigator. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> Thraben Inspector. Thraben Inspector. Yes. Yeah. Thraben Inspector, which was a one mana one two that got played in standard. Sure a did. Bunch. Sure did. Really cool. Made a clue token when it came into play. So how this is working on Arena is we're not taking both of those full sets and putting them on there. Uh, one of the purposes of this is to get us closer to Pioneer completion yeah. on Arena to be able to have that. But what they're doing is including 302 cards, including 15 basic lands. That's a combination of Shadows over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon. Yes. And... Something called Shadows of the Past bonus sheets. Okay, what's that about? Shadows of the Past is a little bit like the Strixhaven Mystical Archive kind of vibe, and it has cards from original Innistrad. The OG. Yes. Anyways, uh, the three most iconic Shadows of the Past cards that are happening are a card called Spider Spawning. Oof. And if you iconic. If you were not around at this time, or even in like the five years thereafter, literally if you weren't spider, born yet. Spider spawning was so iconic a deck that for years later, people after this still format talk was about done, this deck. people still talked about it. It is the most famous draftable deck that I think ever existed. It, I think I agree with that. Yep. I don't know that there has been another deck that is as iconic. Um, and in part because I think it was, it was so successful, right? Yep. There have been other cool niche decks. Um, Strixhaven had like a Cody deck, right? That yeah. you could draft. Yeah. But spider spawning was an uncommon 
And so you could put together this draft deck. Uh, this is four and a green for a sorcery. Create a one, two green spider creature token with reach for each creature card in your graveyard. And then it has flashback of six and a black. I think one of the reasons this was iconic too was that this was not trumpeted around. Like they didn't say, there wasn't an article that was like, here's a build around card that's cool. Think yeah. about it. Just somebody someday found this deck, right? Yeah. And they were like, wait a second. What I'm if I put something. all my cards in my graveyard and then make one billion spideys? And then it caught on like wildfire. Yes. Everyone was trying to make spider spawning happen and it was worth it if you yeah. could get it. So very excited to see this show up here where previously you could only do the spider spawning thing on Magic Online yeah, or IRL. So first time on Arena to possibly spawn some spiders, everybody. Of course, we've also got none other than Snapcaster Mage. Iconic. Iconic. This is the one in a blue for a 2-1 flash human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, target instant or sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turn. The flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. This card is just really good. Yeah. It's, That's all. It's great. It's good. Hey, you get to cast a card from your graveyard that didn't have flashback. Beautiful. Nice. Uh, they're also, <clears throat> the other big three, third card here in the Shadows of the Past thing is Huntmaster of the Fells. Yes. Which is a huge, very powerful card. Big Wolf Boy. Wolf Boy. It's a 2-2 two, two for two red green on its front face. This is front face, back face werewolves. <laughs> Whenever it enters battlefield or transformed into Huntmaster of the Fells, put a 2-2 two, two green wolf creature token onto the battlefield and you gain two life. At the beginning of each upkeep, if no spells were cast this last turn, transform it. And then he transforms into a 4-4 trampler. Yes. And whenever it transforms into Ravager of the Fells, the backside, it deals two damage to target opponent and two damage to up to one target <sighs> creature so that good. player controls. So good. Woof. Wolf. Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So good. So it's also cool to see some of those really iconic original Innistrad cards come back, even though they weren't originally in Shadows over Innistrad. Right. So we're really spicing up this draft format by adding uh, those powerful cards from Shadows of the Past into here. So yeah, there's going to be 24 cards per pod that are from that Shadows of the Past inclusion bonus sheet, quote unquote. Yeah. So there's going to be some powerful stuff that's going to be included, plus, you know, the 302 cards um, I pre previously mentioned. However, that does also mean that 297 cards across those two sets, Shadows Over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon, are not included. Yeah. So there will be some cards which you may remember, but will not be there. Let's talk about what the mechanics are. If you're going to sit down and do a Shadows Over Innistrad Remastered draft on Arena, um, there are some mechanics that maybe you've encountered, but maybe you haven't. Uh, Delirium oh. is a big one. This was new in those sets. It's a graveyard mechanic, and either you have Delirium or you don't. Delirium says, do you have four or more card types in your graveyard. Yeah. So that means planeswalker, artifact, instant, sorcery, creature. Uh, remember, subtypes don't count. Right. So it's not looking at, do you have like a wolf and a human in your graveyard? Nope. It's just looking at creature. But if you have, for instance, an artifact creature that does count towards two. Yes. Two of those four. Man, delirium. Oh, it was, it's very cool. It is 
I will say that in draft, you have to work to get delirium, right? You do. Because a lot of times it's not just there's the big three, happen. right? There's instant sorcery and creature of like what you're commonly drafting in a set. But again, that only gets you to three. So you need to be considering, is there some kind of powerful enchantments perhaps? Um, are there going to be maybe some artifacts that you're going to want to draft? Um, there were There was stuff like the vessels. In the original oh, yeah, uh, the Spooky Moon draft format, which were enchantments that you could crack and then look at cards or do different things, you know, look at different kinds of cards and put stuff into your hand and put other cards into your graveyard that were really powerful in getting delirium. And of course, having delirium just sounds cool. Like yes, you're exactly. delirious. And it's just a classic. If you have delirium, stuff is better, right? Things are better. <laughs> Things are better for Things you. Things are better if you have delirium. There's cards that get better if you have delirium. Spells that get better if you have delirium. There's one I found here, which is Deathcap Cultivator, yeah. which is one in a green for a 2-1 human druid. You tap to add black or green. However, if you have delirium, it has death touch as long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard. So yeah. that is an instance of a card getting a little nice delirium bonus. Yeah. And here's one of the vessels I was mentioning. Vessel of Nascency. This is the green one. Enchantment. One in a green. Sacrifice it. Reveal the top Four cards of your library, you may put an artifact, creature, enchantment, land, or planeswalker card from among them into your hand, put the rest into your graveyard, right? So that is obviously, it's really nice because already you're putting an enchantment in your graveyard when it goes off and you're also putting some other stuff. Good point. Into your graveyard as well. Another uh, mechanic that's going to be present, which you were excited about, is madness. Yes. Uh, oh, madness is so cool. So this is a special way of drafting a card or casting a card, I mean, when it's discarded. Yeah. So this is if anything makes you discard a card and you discard a card that has madness on it, then it will have a madness cost. And what it means is you then get to the opportunity to cast that card for its madness cost. Yeah. Here's an example. A blood hall priest is two black red for a four, four. So black and red are your madness colors. Whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, if you have no cards in hand, it deals two damage to any target. So there's a reason you want to free up your hand. Um, and it has a madness cost of one black red. So it's cheaper. Yeah. So if you're able to discard a card, you can discard this madness will trigger on the discard of it. You pay the cheaper cost you get a four, four. Very Nice. One of the most iconic from the set was Fiery Temper. Oh, yeah. One red red for an instant. It deals three damage to any target. Has a madness cost of a single red. So good. Just very, very Are good. Are you kidding me? Um, and if you're wondering, hey, how am I discarding these cards? This set, of course, had enablers yes. to help you discard cards. For instance, there's an, an uncommon Fury Blade Vampire. This is one in a red for a one, two with trample. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may discard a card. If you do, Fury Blade Vampire gets plus three plus oh until end of turn. Usually you'd be like, I don't know that I want to do that. Yeah. But guess what? If you have madness cards in your hand, absolutely. Absolutely. You just get the plus three plus oh and you get to cast this card for yes. less. It's happening. Yes, please. Let's talk about another mechanic you're going to see and you're going to be like, what is this? And that's Emerge. Yes. This is, for me, like one of the most memorable from this set. Yeah. There are, of course, because this set is about Eldrazi's like Emrakul arriving on Innistrad, uh, there are some real 
There's some real big, gross, sloopy creatures. Oh, they're sl- they be slooping. They're big. They're sloopy. Uh, for instance, we have Elder Deep Fiend. Iconic. This is one of the iconic cards. Iconic. This got cast so many times during a pro tour. Anyways, eight mana <laughs> for a five, six Eldrazi octopus. Oh. Flash. Emerge five blue blue. When you cast the spell, tap up to four target permanents. Emerge just means that you can sacrifice a creature card when you cast this Eldrazi and you pay its emerge cost minus whatever the sacrificed creature's mana value was. Nice. So if you sacrifice a three mana value creature, then you're going to go ahead and play pay two blue blue for this elder deep fiend which is gross two blue blue i'm sorry you're paying four mana for a five six sick (laughs) that taps four things okay (laughs) i'm I'm sorry really that's fine i'm fine my god uh super powerful obviously and you're gonna see it and it's very thematic here with what was going on in the story so i really liked emerge when it came out and know a lot of other people did too and like megan said we saw it in constructed play that's how powerful it was yeah uh, one of the other very memorable Emerge commons was Wretched Griff. This is a <laughs> yeah. seven mana, three, four flyer. Uh, when you cast this spell, draw a card. It has Emerge for five and a blue. God, I like, almost forgot about that card. Yeah. So good. It was so good. There's also Meld, which is a very fun mechanic. Um, I remember this yes. very fondly from the pre-release. There is even a common uncommon meld. So if you're like, how often could this ever happen? The answer is it could happen to you. <laughs> yes, it could. Um, with Graph Rats, which is one in a black for a 2-1. Uh, and Midnight Scavengers, which is four in a black for a 3-3, three, three, which even gets back the Graph Rats from your graveyard if you have cast them and they have died before. Yuck. They meld together into Chittering Host. Disgusting. Which is Haste Menace. When it enters the battlefield, other creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain Menace until end of turn. It's a five, six. So you're like, if you have both of them, boom, they yep. meld into one card that is super powerful mm-hmm. and uh, <coughs> spooky. For instance, the pre-release I was talking yeah. about, I had, um, there's oh, Gisela right. and Bruna in this set. Which is so busted. I can't believe that you had this combo. I had this combo in this the pre-release. This is a mythic and rare combo. Yes. And I had two copies of Gisela, by the way. No big deal. It melts into Brazella Voice of Nightmares, which is a 9-10 flying first strike vigilance lifelink. Opponents <laughs> cast, can't cast spells with mana value through less. Absolutely I went busted. undefeated. Yep. There's also um, Hanware Garrison. Oh, yeah. Right, this is Hanwin. two and a red for a two, three. Whenever it attacks, grade two, one, one red human creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. And it melds with Hanware Battlements, which is a land. Turns uh, into Hanware the Writhing Township, right? Yes, it's a seven, four. So good. Trample, haste, Eldrazi ooze. <laughs> uh, when it attacks, you make two, three, two Eldrazi horror creature tokens Incredible. that are tapped and attacking. Incredible. Oh, this set also has one of my favorite cards of all time. Thing in the ice. Thing in the ice. Hello. This is one and a blue for a zero for defender. It has four ice counters on it. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you can remove an ice counter. Then if it has none, no ice counters, you transform it. It becomes a seven, eight Kraken horror. Wow. Um, when it re- when it transforms, you return all non-horror creatures to their owner's hands. This card is This card house. is really good. I Very love Thing house. in the Ice. So good. Um, yeah, and then just to touch on a couple of like the very memorable um, draft archetypes for this set. There's 
of course, always blue red spells. Yep. Um, it's it's a one you'll run across in a lot of formats, and it is one here. Yes. Uh, then, of course, you have Black Red Madness, which is where you're going to see lots of ways to discard your own cards. For benefit. Yes, and, and it also profit. has lots of vamps. I love vamps. You know, you can get aggro with some vamps. And we mentioned Emerge. If you want to draft that deck, the best colors to be in are blue and green. Mm-hmm. That's the most emerge color color combination yeah it also touches on a lot of the draft archetypes that we saw back in crimson vow and the werewolf one which i am immediately forgetting the name of the where the most recent version of this right because you do still have red green werewolves yep that's still a deck and blue white spirits is the other big one right there's lots of spirits including it's haunted maria do you remember cutest card from this set Ooh, was it the dead kids? I'm no, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> oh, it's a lantern ghost. Yes, it is a little ghosty called Erdwall Illuminator. Yeah, so cute. It is a spirit with a little lamp. So it's cute. very cute. This is one in a blue for a one three flying. Whenever you invest, investigate for the first time each turn, investigate an additional time. Wow, this set is bringing back so many memories. I know, right? Speaking of spirits, spell quillers in the set. Oh, Megan, boo. You hate that card. I really do. Um, green black has like a strong delirium theme. Yep, that makes sense. Putting lots of stuff into yield graveyard. Those are the delirium colors. Yeah. Um, I uh, remember having a great time when yeah. this existed in the past. And of course, it's going to be different. There are rarity shifts mm-hmm. in this set, as well as, of course, not all the cards being included. But I think that they probably put together a really nice combination of these cards for us to play on Arena and moved us closer towards completion and Pioneer. Yeah. So I'm all here for it. And of course, you can you can draft the card always watching, which is one of my all time (laughs) MVPs. One white, white non-token creatures you control have plus one plus one in vigilance. Uh, Yes. Thank you. I think I'll be drafting that card. Yep. Declaration in stone. Ah! Oh, I love that card. Declaration in Stone. Declaration in Stone is one of the greatest all-time removal spells. Wow. <laughs> Says the creature player. One in a white exile target creature and all other creatures. It's creature. It's creature. It's controller controls with the same name as that creature. They get yes. to investigate or whatever. But you can clear away all the stuff that's bugging you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I played that in standard. I, of course, love, and this is a rare, so you see it much less often, but Tireless Tracker. Oh, yeah. Like an all-timer in terms all of cards. All-timer. Two and a green for a 3-2 human scout landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, investigate. And whenever you sacrifice a clue, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Wow. Just, just good, man. Just Just good. straight up good. Yeah. Yeah. This I'm so excited. It's so fun. I mean, you called out a cute card from this set. There's a gross card, though, that do I need to remind you of no, it? No, you don't. Grotesque mutation. Oh, gosh. I was thinking, does this have, this had. Does this have the, the this shoulder had, eyeball card? Oh, I'm trying to. Yes, it's here. Oh, it's okay. here. <laughs> Megan's all-time the grossest card. All-time grossest card in this set ever is ever. in this set. And it's magnifying glass yeah. and it is returning. Oh, and it no. Is so upsetting to me. I can't. Do you draft it? <laughs> I can't. I don't remember if you're like, I can't even draft it. I don't it. think I can even draft it. Grotesque mutation is pretty friggin' it's gross, so, too. This, but back, there's something about magnifying glass for me. There's eyeballs like, on the shoulders. There's That's eyeballs why she's on grabbing the shoulder. shoulders. That's why, I, yeah. To the point where, you know, when I get tattoos and I talk to tattoo artists, I'm like, oh, just so you know, you can never tattoo an eye that isn't in a face. Yeah. Like, I, I can't ever get that Just kind of in tattoo. case they, like, snuck one into the design yeah, exactly. on you. <laughs> well, some of them 
do, right? It's like a, it's like a motif. Like eyes yeah, are a motif. Yeah, it's a motif. Sometimes in tattooing, and I'm just like, no, never. Must be in face. <laughs> uh, Emra Cool, the promise, and she's here herself, oh, the yeah. Moon Lady, thirteen, thirteen for thirteen mana. Yeah, in case you did not know about this card, this also defined the standard format yeah, of the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, it costs one less to cast for each card type among cards in your graveyard. So this also used that Vessel of Nascency yep. um, to put lots of card types into your graveyard. Cast this Emrakul for as cheaply as you could. Um, it has flying, trample, and protection from instant. Flample. Flample, yes. And... Most importantly, when you cast this spell, you gain control of target opponent during that player's next turn. After that turn, that player takes an extra turn. Wow. So you got to take their turn for them, which is a wild experience, right? So you can just try and you can do as many bad, like, right, as many bad actions as you can. Welcome to Storytime with Megan, the final chapter of The Brothers War. Yes. So... Over the course of the Brothers' War story, we have popped into different moments in time of the Brothers' War. Yes. We've seen Caleb and Krug kind of dealing with the aftermath, the nuclear winter. Nuclear winter. Uh, the fallout from the explosion that ended the Brothers' War. Yep. We have seen a warlord of much later Krug go crazy when he thinks he sees a ghost, but it's Teferi. It's just Teferi. Yeah, it's just Teferi. We see the siege of Krug early on yeah. with the, the big dragon engines, and we saw some warfare in in the trenches uh warfare is a bad time for everybody remember that and uh so teferi and kaya and sahili are all looking for right so sahili has made a new silex um after the one that they had was destroyed by spooky johnny yep and the problem is they don't know how to activate it. Oh, yeah, right? They don't know where They're the like, power button is. Take, yeah, they don't know where the on button is for the Silex. <laughs> and they want to take it to Phyrexia and, and use blow it to it up. blow up Phyrexia. Um, I and love so this plan. They're like, we have the temporal anchor, which Sahili made, and then Teferi gets in like a spooky metal coffin. <laughs> and then Kaya like helps send him, make him ethereal and send him back in time. And then Teferi Team goes back in time. Makes the dream exactly. work. Exactly. And then Kaya can like kind of see through his eyes and like hear what he's seeing and saying when he goes back into the past. It's dangerous, Kaya. <laughs> it is. And you know all of this is dangerous. That's, you know, what they're doing is dangerous, but they're like, we really have to figure out. They're literally locked in Urza's old tower while outside the tower the phyrexians are battling uh what you know what remains of the resistance here on dominaria it's a dire sitch it's very dire they're literally like fighting outside the door that they have barricaded and they're okay. like keep sending me back in time and teferi comes back to the present and he like barfs because it's really hard on him you know i mean time travel is tough it's a bad it's a bad time not as bad as warfare but a, a different kind of bad time <laughs> um so we get a lot of like Teferi having a weird time traveling back in time, being like, nope, this isn't the right moment. Nope, this isn't the right moment. It's got to be bad for your like, you know, health to yes, time travel so. that much. And he like feels gross and he can't find the right moments in time. And then you get a lot of like weird kind of like in the, mo you know, like weird experiential oh, <laughs> Teferi yeah. stuff that is just kind of <laughs> happening. Can you imagine you would just be out of it physically and mentally jumping around yeah. in time that He's much? He's literally physically and mentally out of it. Yeah, <laughs> By totally. Which, where is it is time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. 
<laughs> Finally, he finds the right moment and he finds um, Urza sitting with the Silex and he knows that Urza is about to activate it, right? Yes. And he sees Mishra or what is left of Mishra Ooh. riding a giant dragon engine and like literally like right he's been a bunch of Phyrexian eyes so he's like has face peeling off of his metal skull and cool. stuff it's a you know it's gross <laughs> and Urza's like that's spooky and not my brother anymore um and so like they see him like bleeding onto the Silex but Teferi's like I still don't know how to open it or to turn it on. <laughs> I still don't know how to turn on the Silex. The power button. Exactly. Explode. So he's like, we have to go back one more time. So he goes back and he like pulls Urza into like a separate pocket of time in the moment when Urza is activating the Silex. And so he sees as he's watching, <laughs> it turns out that this blast is what ignites Urza's spark, right? Because Urza turns on the Silex yes. and it explodes, including explodes him, right? Teferi is like yeah. watching literally his, his like Urza's body crumble and his bones become dust from this explosion and then re backwards rematerialize into Urza again Whoa. sitting with the Silex. And Teferi's like, listen, I don't... Teferi actually takes kind of a lot of time to explain to Urza what's going on. And you're like, you're like you don't need to tell cares? him this much. Yeah. And they have a weird philosophical discussion about time. And you're <laughs> of like, course they things do. are more of pressing than this. Is. Okay. We uh, have an agenda. We have timelines. We are trying deadlines. to blow up a planet. No exactly. big deal. Um, and so Teferi's like, how do you turn it on? And Urza's like, look, I'm just the right person with the right collection of memories and emotions holding the Silex. And when I hold it and I feel all of these awful emotions and see my brother riding towards me with his peeling off face on a giant dragon engine that's going to destroy everything I love, it just turns on. No way. And Teferi's like, freaking great. So you're telling me I have to find just the right person with the right kind of emotional situation with the Silex to turn it on? Super. We have so much time to spare. Well, they could just take him and transport him to Phyrexia and have him look Urza? at a picture of his brother, and then I think that that's a I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> also, I don't think that they can time travel him. It's only Teferi. You can't take itself. somebody with you. Exactly. It is cool. Teferi like literally like sees Urza's spark ignite, um, especially since this is, is back in neat. the day when he's like, oh, sparks. Um, before the mending, right, sparks were, planeswalkers were really, really powerful. Yeah. Uh, they were, like, essentially immortal, which is why Urza is able to survive this blast. Like, he gets exploded by the Silex and then gets knit back together because his spark ignites. Um, and he becomes, like, kind of, like, godlike, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so Teferi's like, well, this really sucks, but at least I know in theory how to turn on the Silex, which is having the right person with the right weight of emotion. That is so vague that I think it's worthless. I know. It <laughs> essentially, but you know what? It's what he gets. And it's Urza made the thing. That's how Urza made it able to turn on. All right. Unbelievable. That's a fail safe, you just, I guess. Yeah. You really made an elaborate way to turn on this bomb. Wow. Um, and so Teferi you know, arrives back in the present and is like, oh, this is a real bummer, everybody. Um, back in the past, Urza ignites, you know, turns on the Silex. Everything explodes. There's a huge explosion. Um, he later on is on like a seashore and he finds like this enormous other a seashell. <laughs> yes, this enormous seashell. This enormous like um, metal coffin. Um, and he opens it and Thanos, his assistant is inside sleeping. 
right? Tanos like put himself into some sort of weird magical sleep and climbed inside this like metal coffin to survive the blast. That could be what you do during winter. Yeah, and Ur- <laughs> it should be. And Urza wakes him up and is like, "Hey, you need to um like I need to leave. Uh you need to you need to get out of like you need to go and find everybody and like find Kayla, my wife, and tell her not I'm sorry, but you know, remember me as a better person than I was. We all know how that turns out. Yeah. Kayla's like, I decline to remember him as a good person. <laughs> I think that's justified. I decline. Yes. And Donos is like, okay. And then Urza planes walks away. Right? So what are they going to do? What are I don't know. We're going to have to read. Oh, also as Thanos looks at him, he he like has this vision for a moment of Urza has the might stone and the weak stone as his eyes. Oh yeah. Right, because now that mm-hmm. Mishra is dead, the two stones have been reunited. And Urza does have a sad moment where he's like, I realized, right, like my brother was has been gone for a long time. The Phyrexian killed him a long time ago, yeah. which we know is true, but obviously this is like early on in them experiencing Phyrexians and Phyrexian yeah. So he didn't know um, for a long time. He had to come to terms with, hey, that wasn't really my brother screaming on top of a giant dragon engine with his face peeling off of his metal skull. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and he's like, okay, I'm going to, I need to go away. Probably I, Urza's like, I probably need to not be around people because it seems yeah. like I'm bad for people. And Thanos is like, I think you're right. <laughs> Um, you know, and so he and so he leaves and then Thanos starts walking inland and he's looking around at the results of the Silex blast and he's like, I wonder how bad stuff is really going to be. And we know, in fact, it is so bad it causes a nuclear winter is the answer. Yeah. So we've left our heroes with the bowl, the magical yes, bowl bomb. They have the Silex. They know in theory how to turn it on, but they know that it must be a specific kind of person, right? Or a specific person um, that they're going to need to find. But how do you find someone when you don't know what the specifics are? Well, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Well, to be continued, everybody. Uh, That was the end of the Brothers War. Um, But we will next start the story of Phyrexia All Will Be One. (gasps) Hear about what the Praetors are up to. I'm excited to hear about the Praetors. It's got to be good, right? They never cause trouble. No. They're just peaceful. They like to knit and drink tea. They don't do anything creepy or gross. human beings that's this episode of good luck high five thank you for hanging out with us once again yes thank you so much um once again to everyone who is a sponsor or a patron you are if you're a patron you are sponsoring this show um and remember specifically this week only snow bucket challenge if you become a new patron for each new patron in this next week i will bring inside one bucket of snow (laughs) and melt it in my sink (laughs) and take a video (laughs) please make this happen patreon.com slash gilich magic thank you as well to card kingdom you can find them on the internet at cardkingdom.com slash glhf very excited to be with you again next week judge rob is going to come and hang yeah. out with us because you know we've been talking about oathbreaker on this show mm-hmm. and for a while now and now it's the, the newest official magic the gathering format yeah it's super cool it's been given the golden stamp of approval from nice. wizards of the coast and we're going to get you ready to build some decks with judge rob who's going to give you the top 10 most exciting planeswalkers and spells to combine yes to get your brain juice is flowing on what you might want to build sweet yeah very excited for that mm-hmm. so come back next week we've got judge rob more lord of the rings action i'm sure story time from yeah moving on a little more story to time i will be one super exciting um thanks peeps have a yeah. great spring catch you on the flip side of <laughs> of <this> winter week? <laughs> it better be it better be